You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Mads. Okay, Mariah Carey over there. My name is Scout, and I cannot sing, so I will not indulge you in that treachery, in that cringeworthy situation. But we have huge news. Oh, we have all the news. We have news. We have we have two huge pieces of news for you. Is it relating to you or me or both? Both. Oh, we both have announcements. I don't know what our an- announcement is. Okay, Scout. Your announcement is that the first Mental Health Chats episode went live last week on Thursday. Oh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm about halfway through listening to it, and it's so good. It's so interesting because while I was recording this, so let's back it up. I am going to be posting an episode on the second week, second Thursday of the month, once a month. That is just bonus episode, me chatting about mental health. Mads was getting drunk off tequila by the amount of times I said the word bipolar disorder. So she said, I can't deal with this intake of alcohol anymore. And can you please just talk about it separately? So I got my own episode. Mads allowed me my own episode. And for the first episode, I had my coach Amy Natalie on. You guys can listen to it. I'm sure a lot of you already have. And it was weird because while I was recording it, I was thinking this is for OK Sis, but Mads isn't in the room. I'm Mm -hmm. confused. Um, But it was it was a very special episode. And I'm really excited excited to dive more into mental health with you guys on these episodes. And I will be doing solo book club episodes the last Thursday of every month. If you haven't read the X talk for April, make sure you read it because I already spoke to the author, Rachel, and it is, it's pretty special. Yeah. Yours is next week, not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Yeah. And motherfucking shit. I got to edit that. I mean, you are, you'll read it in one sitting. So just, um, before you talk about your next news, cause I think oh. there's other news. Yep. You know that I'm in the middle of reading beach read. I, okay. So I saw your story and I forgot to respond to it. How do you like it? It's very good in the beginning. Right? Okay. So it's interesting because I see what she's doing here. She's playing on a, oh, yeah, it's meta. It's very meta. Very not, meta. Not only just meta. Like in the beginning, I, I thought to myself, this is a little too basic. Like the, the depth isn't super there. It's just this basic, oh, of course her her arch nemesis from college is the guy. You know, it just, of course. it was so 
and so it, enemies to love. I mean, enemies to lovers. That is a it, genre yeah. in itself. It's so predictable, but she does it in a way that definitely has a, a level of depth beneath it, as well as I mean, I'm I'm page turning. That's page what turning. I said. Okay, that this is what I've been saying all along. People think that romance novels are like chiclet, that they are somehow inferior to other storytelling and to other a piece of prose, but they can't. No, nowadays they are very, very elevated. Okay. We're going to back up a second here. Okay. Look, it's not a fucking Murakami book. No, right? it's not, but it, it, it is, is what it is. It is an entertaining thing to read that you don't feel like you came out of it and you're disgusted with yourself. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I would recommend it to people. Right, it's exactly. a great light read if you kind of want a page turner, if you want something that's a little bit, you know, just just an interest. It's more entertainment, yes. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a great entertaining book, written beautifully. Love Emily it. Emily Henry. I'm, I'm she, very into it. Wow, this. Oh, wow. We're going to convert you. Also, she has a new book coming out, and I'm trying to get her for the pod, for a book club, but she has not responded in my DM. So, Emily Henry, if you're listening, yeah, please come. Yeah. Uh, I slid into your DMs. Oh, and good job. Why didn't, why, didn't, why didn't you email her? I emailed her too. Slid into oh, the email. Wait. Didn't hear back. Um, that's not a good look for you. We're going <laughs> to okay. keep past. We're, we are going to persevere. We're going to find her. Don't worry. Don't okay, cool. you worry. Okay, okay. My next big, 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 big news. I started a YouTube channel. I know. We just watched it and it just went live last Friday. I got a first exclusive peek. We um, did get exclusive uh, sneak peek. The YouTube channel is now live. It is up. I hope everyone has watched it. If you haven't, you're going to put a link in the show notes. You better. Oh, yes. Yes, you mm-hmm. got to add that. Because mm-hmm. I put all of the OKSIS links in my, you know, equivalent to show notes in YouTube. It's you just description. Sh- I even made an appearance on, on the vlog. This is my first YouTube appearance in a vlog, like yes. in someone else's vlog. I felt... As if I was prepared. I felt as if I brought it. I felt yeah. as if I looked you brought, really you great. Brought, yeah, you brought comedic uh, elements to it you and know, some humor. People tell me I'm funny. Um, No one no one tells you that. <laughs> <laughs> they do. You, mom tells you that. No, nope. Danielle, my assistant, she told me yesterday that I'm very funny. Okay. Um, anyway, so please go subscribe. Oh, shameless plug. Uh, but you, you could just expect fun... Vlog, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do weekly vlogs anymore because I have a newfound respect for YouTubers and people who edit YouTubes. It took me far longer than I would like to admit. Um, so we're going to shift the content a bit. It's going to be more so, you know, book recommendations, sit downs about certain revelations I've had because I have a lot of revelations. I have a lot of thoughts, you know, so I think I can provide value in that way. But yeah. subscribe. It'll be a fun time. Yeah, you're so good on camera. I was so proud of you for venturing out into this new space. I think that this would never have happened two years ago. So to see the growth of you and, and what you're comfortable with and how you're comfortable with pushing through discomfort. So even though... It's a know, lot of discomfort. If you're ever thinking of starting a YouTube channel, talk, nothing will humble you more than talking in front of a camera and being as vulnerable as possible. There's a, there, You don't think about it when you're watching YouTubes. But there is a level of barrier that you have to break through internally. It's very strange. Once you start doing it, I'm now having, again, a newfound level of respect for YouTubers. Yeah, and I think that happens every time you put yourself out there in a new situation. You know, with the podcast, I think it's a little bit easier to not know or to not be cognizant of people watching you because no one's watching us. They're just hearing us and they're not in the room at this current moment. So we feel as if it's just the two of us talking. Right. But you get, but in the beginning of starting OKSIS podcast, you were nervous about the way that you came off, came across. You had a lot of notes. You knew exactly what you wanted to say. You had this whole outline and now two and a half years later, you and I randomly hop on the mic and we get at it and we feel comfortable. So it's right. just a matter of every time you put yourself out there in a different capacity, whether it's applying for a job, even whether it's reaching out to have a, to have a mentor or it's putting yourself on Instagram, it's starting a yeah. podcast. It doesn't matter if it's content creation or not. When you put yourself in a new position, it's, it's uncomfortable and oh, it takes a little bit to learn the ropes. It's so, it, yeah, it is. And I, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to take some time. I, there were a lot of breakdowns this week <laughs> being like, what the fuck did I sign up for? But I came to a conclusion that we're just going to shift the content a little bit. And I I think this is, you know, obviously it's entertaining and it'll be fun for you guys to watch. Um, but it's also, you know, a, a, 
a self-exploration project, you know, for, for myself as well. So I hope you all enjoy it. And, and, and whoa, whoa. Mm. An ancillary benefit to the YouTube channel is that I spent every night editing the video and barely looked at Instagram or TikTok this week. Like, barely. What about Grey's Anatomy? Not one. Okay, so now do you see why I don't watch TV? Because I'm, I'm, I want to do shit. I don't want to watch TV. Right. So I mean, look, I could do that, but I, I like to wind down and not have of to course. like use my brain. You have but to wind down, but I mean, excessive binging is, I, in my opinion, a problem over oh, here. Oh, all right. Well, I beg to differ, but yeah. So that was an interesting. Just benefit. I w- I just I was going to bed without even. I was like, oh wow, I didn't even look at Instagram before I went to bed today. It was very interesting. I liked it. I love that. Um, I'm wondering. One, we're sitting here with the same exact acrylic French manicure nails. Mads posted on Instagram, and then literally, I'm in LA right now, and so I texted. Is her. it 2008 or what? No. Okay. So I was thinking about this. So about six months ago, I said you I could never be caught dead with a French manicure ever. It, I think it's the ugliest look, and I realized why I like this look. We have like the almond shape versus the square. Mm-hmm. The square French. Manicure, oh no it's cheesy or, it's or the gel french manicure where you don't have the fake tip is Terrible. not a good look so this is such a great this is what i was thinking about earlier today this is such a great example of how you take a trend from the past and you modernize modernize it i feel like this is the modern french manicure absolutely and i mean people on tiktok and gen z are doing colored tips so that is the trend actually i was thinking of doing that as I was getting them done, I thought I, I would look really rad with the dark purple. So I sent I sent you my inspo. I have a Pinterest inspo, and most of them are like like you know pastel greens, pastel uh, blue. But I am just I can't do color on my nails, so white white it about? is. You literally get bright neon orange nails. That was five years ago. No, that was literally six months ago. No, I, I have no idea. You are delusional. I. I, the last time I had bright pink nails was at mom's wedding seven years ago. You only no. have orange nails. No, I don't. Nails. I only have nude. I'm going to find a photo. Nude. Sisters, I'm finding a photo because that was the weirdest phase I've ever seen you go through. And it was I so tried strange. to talk you out of it and you weren't listening to me and you have to understand that your sister knows best. I know. It was kind of, it was my version of Kylie having blue hair at Kim's wedding and Kim being like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Dye your hair for my wedding. And she says, no. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if we She's like, you're going to regret this. And she says, I don't know. I don't care. Oh, God. And in all of mom's wedding photos, we all wore white to the wedding. And all you could see is this bright (laughs) neon pink on my nails. And it's terrible. God, that's a terrible move. It's like when you used to wear all pink from limited to at the age of 11. Um, I I want to uh, say something. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but my skin is looking real fucking good. I'm not talking about the occasional pimple. I'm not talking Mm. about that. The black, heads, the black heads are gone, and yep. I feel as if I've never really understood this concept, but my skin feels more brightened. Like, when I'm nice. washing my face at night, it feels so smooth, mm. so soft. I feel as if the dead skin cells are just constantly mm. being wa- wiped away. I feel as if I'm just, it's a brightened texture. I don't know. Have you noticed that I've been glowing lately? Nope. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. I mean, your skin is always great. I mean, I don't know if I've like particularly thought, oh, wow, Scout is glowing today. But right. I just watched your YouTube and I said, wow, Mad's hair is glowing today. I know my hair does look stellar. You don't look at me like that? Mm, yeah, sometimes. But I don't. The, mm. the, the glowing skin was not at the top of the list. OK, well, that's good. Okay. Anyways, let's talk about this episode because yes. this was a. Oh, was it a delight? It was a, she, Alexandra is just a delight. That is the only way to describe her. All right, well, let's back up. She is the co-founder of Dame Products, which if you probably are all familiar, they are a line of vibrators for pleasure and really with the female orgasm at the forefront of their mission, but they also, you know, have products for any gender and any, um, identifying gender that you are wow this conversation I mean talk about sexual wellness sexual exploratory sex positivity okay I need to speak very very specifically to Alexandra oh okay Alexandra before you came on okay sis you sent us your Eva which is the hands-free vibrator which means that you can just put it on your clit and you can have sex with the vibrator going, or you can use it solo. Yep. I just want to let you know 
that I consider myself a low libido woman. My sex drive isn't totally insane. Me too. The Eva. Ignited. Is my new best friend. Uh, Ignited. She's giving me orgasms that are uh, twice the duration. Oh. Oh. Uh, Twice as powerful. Uh, She stays in during sex when I have sex. I am profoundly shocked. That you went 30 years without this That I went 30 years without the Eva. It is, sisters, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, uh, it, you've probably seen it everywhere. It has so many reviews. People freak out over I just, this product. I've, I've never been a vibrator girl, ever. Me neither. I've tried it out, never liked never it. Never liked it. There is something. The first time I used the Eva, I was solo, and I used it, and I was... I looked around the room. I was like, what just happened to me? What yeah. is going on? How did, it's wh- other, what's it's, that? It's out of body it, experience yeah, for sure. It has seriously ignited a much more healthier sex drive in me. And we'd love to see it, Scout. I, we'd love to see it. I was walking. I was on a walk in the morning. Oh my God, you put the Evo when you were no. walking? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I mean, you theoretically could because it's hands-free. Okay. Can you imagine? No, no, no. Okay, you're way too loud. So I was on my morning walk, and this was a few days after I used Eva for the first time solo, and I felt the power of the Eva. (laughs) And I was walking, and I said, you know what? I think I need to have sex right now. So I walked home and had sex with my husband because the Eva is just... I you okay anyway sisters I know we're sex positive but I would like to unsubscribe to this part of, okay. of, of the content um all right so since I mean from this glowing recommendation from both of us we got you a discount code so that you guys can also uh experience ig- <laughs> the ignition double the power double the power double the time <laughs> limit double the duration um okay so use code okaysis20 that's okaysis20 um for a little discount and at dame Alexandra, if you're rolling around in our neighborhood, we're going out. Oh, we yeah. love she you. Is she is a like, delight. She's kind of like a third sister, I feel like. I feel right. like she could be the third. We, we realized, well, we knew she was Jewish from the very beginning, but we realized halfway, we all were like, oh, we're, we're, we're all Jewish here, yeah. right? Like, yeah. she is so, so silly. And I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed yep. with Dame. I'm obsessed with her mission. I'm obsessed with the Eva. Wow. I, I actually don't. Wow. There's a travel case. I brought it to LA. Like, I don't, I don't leave the house without it anymore if I'm leaving my house. Oh, not like to the grocery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I meant like Scout if I'm going- is literally wearing the Eva at right all now. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Okay, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. <laughs> I'm just trying to say that this product, you know, as a woman, if you have problems, not right. problems. I, not I didn't think I had problems with my sexuality. I just if you're looking for something that will help you feel more comfortable coming to orgasm and uh increasing your libido this is it this is it this is it so we hope you enjoy this sisters we love alexandra we love dame and enjoy before we get into today's episode let's chat sisters about skincare which you know is a cornerstone of okasis but let's take it a step further let's talk about prescription skincare prescription acne treatment really works i mean hello my spironolactone journey but it's hard to get you have to take time off work to see a doctor and then sit in line at the pharmacy for your medications until apostrophe apostrophe makes it easy to see a board certified dermatologist online you'll get treated immediately and your medications are delivered straight to your doorstep So you simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire. We love an online questionnaire about your skin concerns and medical history. And then you just snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. What I loved about the whole process is that they offer topical and oral medications and you can actually choose which ones you want. So for example, I decided to go the topical route versus the oral medication route, which allows me to treat my acne from the inside out and the outside in. Apostrophe treats acne, and they could also help you hit your other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. I got my customized treatment plan tailored for me within 24 hours. They prescribed me all the topical products that I was looking for to help with my hyperpigmentation, and it literally arrived straight to my door, and now I have two prescription skincare products that I get to use every single morning and every single night. And Mads, they're really cute. So during quarantine, I was unable to get my spironolactone prescription because I wasn't able to go see my dermatologist. So I actually discovered apostrophe and was able to get spironolactone within the week. It's an oral medication and honestly, the process was seamless and just so, so easy. Get $15 off your first visit with a board certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash OKSIS and use our code OKSIS. That's O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. 
That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash OKSIS. And use that code OKSIS to get your dermatology visit for $15 off. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring this episode. I think our biggest wish for our sisters is that they have beautiful, clean skin. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Okay, sisters, back to the episode. You're a fellow um, curly hair gal. Uh, what's, the, what's the routine there? Mostly just looking at other people's curly hair and thinking, how come my hair doesn't curl like that? My, <laughs> that's my that's routine. That's my routine. <laughs> I'm like, why? How? Because I'm like... I don't know if you're supposed to use those systems, but like I'm a light curl, right? Like I'm a 2C or whatever that means. Or like a, so I just, sometimes I'm like, oh, I have definition. And then sometimes it just falls flat. Um, but I do use curl products. Right now I'm on like bounce curl, I think I'm using. Mm. But I just, okay. yeah. My husband has curlier hair and he's got more of a process than I do. He uses like the special curl towel. It's just better at it, I guess. 
extra. We love it. That I mean, we love a man who is just like prioritizing his hair care and routine. I'm going to need his notes because I am. Okay, so the bottom of my hair is a 3C, but the root of my hair, not on day three, but on day one and two, is more on the four spectrum. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a situation, but... Um, yeah, I'm going to need, I'm going to need his notes. If you could have him DM me, that would be, that would be great. I love it. Okay. Well, welcome Alexandra. We are so excited to talk to you all about Dame. Uh, Oh, you brought your, well, um, so I didn't bring my little Eva into the picture right now because, um, it's charging. I know. Oh, wait, this is cute. Wait, let me do this because we need to get a thumbnail or something. Hold on. Oh yeah. Let's get a cute picture of us putting our Evas on our foreheads. Do you name yours or do you do you stay consistent? I know, but maybe you might want to name it something more, you know, personal. Right. It's your right. You have your own relationship with your vibrator. You you are super entitled to rename it. I give you that power. Are we ready? Put them up. Uh, Put it up. We're taking a photo. (laughs) (laughs) We are ridiculous. So real quick, I have to tell you before we get into current fixations, my first um experience with a vibrator I was 19 years old at Sarah Lawrence College which is a very sexual exploration place did I sexually explore no couldn't get a guy to hook up for me to hook up with me for the life of well, me there's no but there was no boys there yeah it was hard it was hard for a girl out there um there were there was 30 percent men half of those were gay so there was 15 percent straight men so it was it was a it was a hunt Um, so my roommate and I went to the city and we went to this sex shop and we got this huge purple dildo, but we stupidly both bought the same one and we got home because we share a room and we looked at each other and we said, how do we know who's mine, which one's mine and which one's yours? And, um, that was my first experience with a vibrator. Well, how was the actual yeah. experience? Good? Oh, the actual experience took some time because I had not yet entered the land of masturbation at the age of 19. And so it was a slow build. It was like what should I started with this really PG sensual porn. And then obviously that's progressed as the years have gone on. That was really but your first time masturbating was like 19. Really? I didn't know that. That seems really it's late. It's really upsetting. Yeah, it's really no, upsetting. It's not upsetting. No, I'm going to tell you why I, it's upsetting. No. Because my mom told me to masturbate at the age of 14. Do you think that that stopped you? Should I not do that? I'm pregnant. So I'm like, am I going to have like a prude ch- Like, not a pr- First of all, there, like, no judgment. I feel like however you want to go about exploring your sexuality is wonderful as long as it's like not because shame is preventing you from your curiosity and from whatever, however pleasure is drawing you, right? Well, like that's so well, interesting. Our mom, our mom is very you... sex positive, so it was. I don't think it's what deterred her. It just probably, I don't know why you didn't continue. I think it was just yeah. so normalized with my mom that it just wasn't something that. And I think I also just have a lower libido in, in general. Me too. Yeah. So it just wasn't, you know, when it gets revved up, it gets revved up, but it's not all the time. So I think that just having a mom who is so open, who bought me condoms at the age of 14, who gave me masturbation talk, who put me on birth control. I think it just was like that thing where it wasn't so taboo. So it wasn't something that I actively explored so much. Your mom sounds awesome. Mother's Day is around the corner. <laughs> Buy her a Dame product. Oh God, we to say thank must. You. She would be. People obsessed. are always like, people think it's crazy when I suggest that they buy their mom a vibrator. Our mom would love. Okay, let's do curve fixations before we get too much. Scout, what's your curve fixation? Okay. Um. So. <laughs> My current fixation, a little bit more on the depressing side, but really, really. You know what? It's it's really on brand for you for like a depressing current fixation. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is on brand for me. Thanks for noticing. Okay. So I am reading the book When Breath Becomes Air. It is by Paul, and I'm going to say his last name wrong, Kolanithi. And um, essentially, he was a neurosurgeon. He was a brain surgeon. He operated on the brain, which is gnarly. Um, And he was diagnosed with cancer in his 30s and unfortunately passed away. And this was the book he wrote 
before he passed away. I'm almost done with it, so I haven't finished, but I do know from other people who have read it, Maddie's boyfriend read it, he told me he didn't actually get to finish the book. So it's really what he could get out in his last moments. And why I love it so much is because he really merges the science and the arts and how we can use each lens to view our mortality and our human experience differently. So I think a lot of the times people are really camped into one section. So I'm more of an artistic side. My husband's the science perspective. But Paul really encapsulates both. And he really allows, he says, like, literature is the way to experience the human experience. And then science is the way we experience death and mortality. And so to see, he, he became a neurosurgeon because he had this obsession with figuring out death and our mortality and what those moments really look like and how they impact the way we live. And I don't know if you want to use the word ironic, but the man whose life mission was to figure out death was put in the position where he himself had to face his own mortality at a really young age. And so the way he writes about it is so profound and raw and poignant. But what I love so much about it is I run into this camp too where sometimes I think doctors are impersonal and maybe don't have that human connection and look at you more as a collection of organisms or whatever. But Paul really talks about that the nuances that doctors go through when they have to diagnose a patient, when they have to tell them they have a certain amount of time left. So illuminating that process, especially for those who are in the neuroscience area, was really amazing. So it's it's a really beautiful book that really melds the worlds of science and art to paint a as close of a picture, I think, as we can get to our own mortality. So I highly recommend. Yeah. As an avid consumer of Grey's Anatomy, I can say that the surgeon and the... Do- I- <laughs> Excuse me. Way to cheapen the conversation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm sorry. I I love I, yeah, it. I just have to say, because I'm in the middle of Grey's watching for the first time, so that's all my mind goes to when you say brain surgeon, I think of McDreamy. So, but it is true that, like, doctors, they play on the kind of line of how do you detach yourself from a patient so that you don't, you know, feel emotion every single time, but then also how do you have empathy? Like, there is that line that is drawn. And, I mean, I, I remember when I was in high school and taking AP physics, I was like, ugh, like, physics, science, bleh. But my teacher was like, no, 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 this is this is art. Like, this is literally life. And we are, he made me see it in a way that was, like, so mystical and beautiful. Um, and seeing, like, math as a as an art form rather than this, like, very, yeah, stingy type of, of uh, practice. But I love that. And I love when the two merge. Real quick, before you go on to your current fixation, I just want to shout out Stephanie Plotnick for this book recommendation. Her book recommendations have been fire. She's one of my closest childhood friends who is an OKSIS fan, so I just wanted to say thanks. Okay, Mads, what's your current fixation? Okay. Mine is um mine's on the other spectrum. You know, Scout says the depressing one. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it the other way. So everyone knows that I am a slave to the marketing millennial marketing ploy, if you will. This is the reason I love Dame, because the marketing and the branding is just elite, elite. So I recently purchased the Always Pan from Our Place. Now, you have... Pro- and? I think it's incredible. Yeah. I think... I need. You need it. Scout, you're a cook, so you need it. I am not a cook. Yeah, you don't even cook. So I got this so that it could inspire me to cook. Because if anything can inspire me to cook, it's this fucking pan. I mean, one, it's like decor. I, I put it on the stove and it sits there. And my boyfriend was like, wait, you like didn't put your pan. Like, did you wash your pan and put it away? I was like, no, no, no. It stays on the stovetop. It is a, a piece of art that we look at. That we, and it just blends so perfectly into the aesthetic. I, I love it. So if you don't know about Always Pan, which I mean, are you living under a rock? But um, it basically is designed to replace like eight of your cookware things um and it does everything it has like a steamer and it has it's very innovative it has the spatula that you can like rest on the actual handle so you don't have to like mess up your counter space by putting a, a spatula on the on the counter and it's non-stick which I guess I, I just realized I've never I've never used a non-stick pan so it's it's beautiful it's elegant it's it's amazing and I 100% recommend it I actually the impetus to getting it was they just 
released a add-on to make tariq, which is a Persian rice, crispy rice dish. And my boyfriend is Persian, so I want to impress him. And so I bought it. So we're going to make some tariq, and let's just, like, see how it works. But 100% recommend. I want to blow your mind for a second. So actually, most pans, you know, they have that little hole on the handle. That's, That's for, for a spatula. So you can... So you can put like a spatula or a spoon there. It doesn't lie as beautifully as it does in the in the always pan. Always pan. But little little tip there. Actually, you know, that's something like that a lot of the other pans do have. And I'm still nervous about nonstick. So like Teflon nonstick is now cancerous. This is not Teflon. There's this new nonstick ceramics. Mm. I'm just like interesting didn't know about this that's what stopped me from buying it but i also don't know anything about the science i don't know anything and i i see those ads and i'm like damn this pan it's, cute. it's mad cute i will say all right well <laughs> alex all right. Like, we're all great i have to buy it my husband now. look into it and report back yeah report back because he's the scientist in in the in the network i want to know because that's it just it the pan does it, it does all. it all i mean these it does it all Mads are so good. <laughs> okay, what is your current fixation? Uh, so I was going to go, or I am going to go, even though with, with boy smell. Yes, okay, I'm like yes. Obsessed with their candles. Which one? Um, so this is St. All, and I also have the, is it Cider mm-hmm. Rose or Cinder Rose? Cedar Rose? And cinder rose um yeah and i'm like slowly getting more just to like experiment but i absolutely love them they're super cute for a while i was just like "Mm, too trendy (laughs) but like sometimes that turns me off i can see that but yeah and then i was just like looking for more candle options so i just like asked somebody on my team or like you know what do you guys love and this was highly recommended, and now I'm addicted. I've like, I like my candle habit is bad. It's it's expensive. So um, yes, I can confirm that I am also a candle addict. You can see my um, burning rose byredo candle behind me, which Scout actually gifted me for Hanukkah. <laughs> so thank you. I did not have to pay for this one, but it is hella expensive. Like it's it's actually like rude how expensive candles are. Ha- these are like 35 or 40 bucks. Okay, that's good. So that's like, that's reasonable. It's like reasonable. I mean, we say it's reasonable, but like I go through these like like I'm doing a candle a week, you know, yeah. if I'm good. Yeah. You got to be careful um, about that. Yeah, but I didn't even consider like other content and like books and stuff as like things <laughs> I'm obsessed with. You're so many so things fun. I'm obsessed with. Um, but yeah, as far as like product, this is this product is currently my obsession. So that's so it. interesting that you say that because I was at Saffron and Sage, which is a wellness center here in San Diego, and they had a candle and I looked at it and I said, why am I not a candle person? Why won't I purchase the candle? And I realized it's because I have a terrible sense of smell. I legit can't really smell much. So... It just seems as if it would be wasted on that sense. You know what I mean? I I put Palo Santo and I'm good. Like, that's good for me. I was about to ask if you do uncensored. I do feel like I really, I feel like it moves the energy. Like, I don't know what I mean when I say that either. Like, I I don't know. Don't. It puts me, (laughs) I like to say that it puts me in a specific headspace. Yeah. It shifts the mood, right? You put on a candle, you're entering into a new mindset part of your day environment especially us here in the same environment every fucking day putting on a candle feels like you're like entering into a different space yeah I'll I have two candles usually and I just like to blow out one and light the other one just because you know you kind of get nose numb and it just like reinvigorates me and it just like it just there's something about it that moves especially when we're so stagnant right now you know like we're not going anywhere so creating like movement i just think there's also something to burning i don't know i'm a witch it's (laughs) welcome welcome we we, yeah yeah welcome okay let's get into dame the real reason we're here and this is going to be just 
such a pleasurable experience I and talk I'm so excited I know did you see what I did there wink wink yeah yeah um yeah. <laughs> so first for people who don't know what Dame is give us a little bit of a synopsis of what your mission is and the type of products that you all sell yeah sure so Dame is on a mission to help us have better more pleasurable lives particularly when it comes to our sexual health um, you know, to kind of sum up our mission, women are four times more likely than men to say that sex has been not at all pleasurable in the past year, um, which is wild. Like, you know, we can look at orgasm gaps, which I think is somewhat informative. But at the end of the day, like, if you say, like, I remember wanting to run an ad one time where I was wanted to just say sex should feel good. Somebody was like, that's so obvious. No. That's only obvious to people with penises in general. There are like 70% of women experience painful sex for a continuous part at some point in their lives. And that isn't what healthy sex looks like. Looks like. And that's exactly what we want to create. Tools, content, services, all types of offerings to help people connect better with their sexual pleasure and sexual joy. So we're closing the pleasure gap at Dame Products. We mostly make vibrators. They're really great. Uh, we were all holding up Eva earlier, which is our flagship product. It is a hands-free control vibrator that can be worn during sex. It really put us on the map. We launched with a crowdfunding campaign and raised $575,000 woo, woo, in 45 days when we launched. Um, I definitely went from being like unemployed and crazy in my mom's eyes to like Obviously, she knew the whole time that I, you know, like, <laughs> so proud. Um, so that was a really fun experience. And now we have a range of products, other vibrators like Palm, uh, which is like squishy and bendable, thin, which you can wear on your fingers. We have an internal product called Arc, an arousal serum, an all-natural lubricant, a pillow that helps decrease pain and increase pleasure. Um, and yeah, more to come. Love so that's kind of what we do. So this is so interesting to me because the vibrator that is designed for couples and I just yeah. personally have never seen something like this or marketed this way. And I am a non-penetrative sex orgasmer. So this is yeah, going to be everybody. Huh? Scout? You said no. You too? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Got it. Well, 70, the, the most conservative stat out there mm -hmm. is 70% of people with vulvas can only orgasm from external stimulation. Yeah. And that is conservative. My other favorite stat is 4% of women, only 4% report that penetration alone is their most reliable route to orgasm. Mm -hmm. So like, that's like 96% of women who are mostly relying on external stimulation in some way to get them to climax. Right. For so me, like, the, the penetration aspect of sex, like the outward stimulation is how I orgasm. But sometimes I just also enjoy just doing penetration because it, it I might not orgasm, but it releases a type of sexual feminine energy in me. And I'm, you know what yes. I mean? I move differently. Mm -hmm. I sound differently. And so I feel as if, Sometimes I thought to myself, oh, that stat is so lame. Is penetration just for the guy? But then I realized that I actually I actually feel more empowered during penetration than I do during clitoral stimulation, even though that's the thing that gets me to orgasm, if that makes sense. That makes so much sense. It's honestly why we talk about the pleasure gap and not the orgasm gap. I think that like Focusing solely on what gets you off and what is like what helps you orgasm. So in my opinion, that's a very kind of male-centric view of sex. You know, sex is about pleasure. And a lot of pressure. There's so many, and yeah, there's a lot of pressure. You know, also like sometimes as a woman, like I, I orgasm and it doesn't mean it was good sex. Like, you know, like I can do it more than once. So I think that like everything that you're saying really resonates with me. And I think that resonates with a lot of people, you know, orgasm isn't just because like clitoral stimulation is the main way people can climax. It doesn't mean that that's the only type of stimulation that gets them off, if you will, like that, 
we get pleasure from. But this started off with a question I think about couples vibrators. Okay. Wait, but I, but like, well, yes. yeah, I mean, well, I guess we, I wanted to get more to the logistics of Eva because I, I, I'm going to try it out on my own because I think I need to like, I need it to like figure yes. it out. Um, because yes. it kept falling when I was doing it, um, yes. with, with the men, with the human men. Um, so t- what are some hot man. tips and tricks, you know, to, to making it st- get nestled up in there. Also, before yeah. you say that, I just want to paint a picture for the audience because this is visual. This vibrator we're talking about is about an inch tall. It's light pink and really cute. And it has two external wings that come out of it. It's very, very tiny. And sh- oh, God, it's vibrating. Oh, fuck. I turned it yeah, on. I just did the oh, my God. Hold on. Give me. Oh, OK. Yeah. Just wanted to paint yeah. a picture. And those external wings, they bend. And the idea is that you tuck them underneath your labia and then they slightly push the labia out a little bit and that little bit of tension keeps it in place. Okay, so the truth is all vulvas are different, right? This just fits different people and works well to very, 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 very good depending on your body type. Um, I definitely recommend using it on your own first. I would say my hot tips and tricks is like put it in early um, and you really want to kind of pull your labia, like give it a little tuck so it really kind of nestles in underneath there. Um, and then don't touch it. I also will say it depends on how you're having sex. Different positions, like when me and when my partner and I are like, you know, together, it keeps it in place. If he's apart, it keeps it in place. But there's this moment where if he's kind of like just tapping it with his groin, that taps it out. So it just depends. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have some customers who literally don't have sex without it now. You know, like it's everything to them. Um, and we have some customers who just, you know, they end up get, you know, we, we give store credit and let you buy another product. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't work for you, we're going to make sure you are satisfied in some other way. Yeah. yeah. Um, I need that pillow. Yeah. That is something where, I I beginning yeah. to realize that the angle we need to play with the angles and there is a we reason that the these types of pillows exist. Talk to us about about that. Yeah, so it, it, you're totally right. It's all about the angles. It's kind of like why with some partners, right? Because different penises have different angles in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you'll have sex with somebody doggy style, and it's really amazing, and somebody else it's too intense or you don't notice it. So different positions are going to, like if there's a different pillow underneath you, it's going to create different angles, which means that the vaginal canal and the penis are going to interact at different angles Mm -hmm. and hit different parts of your body, um, which can be, which not only can really increase pleasure for people, but can really decrease pain. Mm -hmm. Also, you might be like, oh, this one doesn't feel good. Like let's turn the pillow around and try it this way. Um, but it's yeah, explore- it's a pillow. It's, yeah, it's all exploration. It's all exploration. And-, and I will say, I think something that I constantly learn about, like what I love about sexual exploration is the way you can kind of take these learnings outside of the bedroom. Like life is about exploration. I think life is about sometimes touching our boundaries, mm-hmm. trying something out and realizing we don't like it is equally as powerful as trying something out and discovering we do like it really like we know ourselves by knowing what we love and what we don't love it's I think that's a part of understanding you know like if you don't like mangoes which would be nuts like I don't know how personally I don't get that but like that's you know it's like just something about who you are and helps you understand your body and like that's great like so I love obviously the partner situation is amazing and we've talked about a man and a woman what are some ways that I don't know if man to man can use it I think it's a little bit more targeted for the women but what about some um, same-sex sexual experiences for two women how could they use the Eva sure so I think our products are really kind of designed with gender not in mind but with uh, genitalia in mind right so can we talk about men and women and vulva havers and penis havers? And I kind of fluidly go back and forth. It's really tough because like a lot of the research is just cis women and cis men where they didn't even ask, you know, they're just say it's women and men. 
Um, and now we have like all so much more language and understanding of what these things can be. So I would say that penis on, if you're, if two partners both have a penis, our products can be really fun because vibration feels great everywhere. But to be honest, they're really designed with vulvas in mind and clitorises in mind, most of our products. Um, so I, we definitely, like most of our customers are either heterosexual where there's one partner that has a vulva or we have a vulva on vulva. Um, and those are our other set. But one day we will get you gay men or just penis on penis partners. We're thinking about you. It'll happen. It's coming up on the product roadmap. It's coming up. It's coming up on the right. Yeah. But we're, we're starting to be honest, truly. Yeah. When we talk about the pleasure gap, the pleasure gap is a fucking heterosexual problem. It is not a problem for two vulva havers. Mm. They are just fine. They're doing they it great. They are just fine. See, okay, let's talk about this real quick. I love doing this to men. Not that this is not, okay, it's kind of based on experience. But when a man says, you know, they want to have a threesome, my husband said this to me. Not that he wanted, we were just talking about it. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you want to bring another guy into the bedroom? Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not not what I meant. And I was oh, like, see, well, my my mind goes to another no, woman. No, but. But it's no. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the what, point, though, is that, yeah, I'll bring another woman in. But what would be that's not fair that you get to have sex with the other gender that you are biologically attracted to. And I don't get to experience another partner that is also the gender that I'm biologically attracted to. And so opening up that conversation, I think, is so important, too. I think that's dead on. Um, and I also think that, like, threesomes are a little bit more complicated than people give them credit for personally i don't i don't have the uh, energy or the management skills to uh lead that lead that situation yeah i mean there's definitely some of that there's some labor that goes in but i also think what can be fun is um you know if they're but you're not really attracted to to women right so i I don't know but you can have a threesome where i think it's nice to identify some power dynamics in a threesome it's really hard to have a threesome where everybody's treated equally. You know, there's often moments in a threesome where one person's receiving and two people are giving or something like that. So to have you be the receiver. So even if there is another woman, it's still not like all about him. I think that can be a way of kind of playing with those power dynamics, but I totally fucking hear you, Scout. Like, well, I can say the F word, yeah. right? Yes. Just, oh yeah, don't, don't even worry. <laughs> Okay, I want to talk a little bit about your childhood and your upbringings um, and more sure. so your relationship to sexual wellness. Like was we, we kind of talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but just like was sex a very open topic growing up and like where where did this interest for you develop? Um, well, one, just because I can see your necklace and stuff. I'm a nice Long Island Jewish girl. I, I was going to ask, I had a but feeling. I was scared. I had a feeling. Had a oh, feeling. Yeah. We're, like, part of the tribe. Yeah. I'm a trope. Like, you know, I never know how to like – identify but like you know how I identify as like loud obnoxious Jew- like the nanny is like that I was like that's that I no, get people that's people I call me Susie from Curb Your Enthusiasm oh that's I what an honor Susie's Susie's <laughs> the west honor. coast version of the nanny I feel like I feel like the nanny's more east coast feel- sensibility <laughs> so good uh, <laughs> I have like other stories in there but um even though I actually like don't feel like as feminine as maybe some of those tropes are, but I kind of identify a little bit as like non-binary or identify as a non-binary woman. Um, we talk about that, but I grew up out on the lot on the, on the longest island. Um, and my family was medium open about it. Like, you know, I don't think my mom was as open about it as it sounds like y'all's mom was. Um, but it was never like sex is bad, right? Like I definitely did not grow up with this like idea that sex was sin or- That's a Jewish thing, huh? Because I don't think in the Jewish culture we look at sex as a sin. I think in like the culturally Jewish, the like medium Jewish reform concern, you know, I think that that is true. Obviously Orthodox depends on, right. It's It becomes different, but I think that is true. And even in the Orthodox, like- no, in the Jewish religion, 
female orgasm is considered like it's part of the experience and still kind of viewed in a, in a different, like sex does have a different sense. I, I would say in general, from my understanding, a woman can um, ask in, for a divorce if, if she feels as if her not, man doesn't sexually pleasure her enough. That's like a very probable cause for divorce in the Jewish tradition, which is pretty dope. You know, like that is a distinction that feels different. Um, though again, I mean, like religion is wild. Um, and I would say like from a really young age, I was just really sexual. Like, I don't remember not masturbating. I was definitely masturbating by the age of like four or five. I like have distinctive memories. Of I that. do too. I remember going down a pole you in a playground. I was, yeah. no, okay. it felt so good that I just kept going down the pole and down the pole and down the pole, like over and over and over yeah. again. I remember being with my girlfriends and being like, what's down there and trying to figure it out at a really young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's down I mean, there in the playground? <laughs> Is that why you kept them going down the pole? Or do you mean like what was down on your body? The like... second part, the first I was literally going down a pole because it felt <laughs> yeah. good on me. And then the second story was my vagina that I was trying to figure Fine. out what it looked like. Great. Yeah. Good, good. good. <laughs> I also remember feeling like, ideas around sex too with that pleasure so I definitely remember like humping fluffy and thinking too about partner like thinking about sexual ideas um not just like oh this feels good Alexandra I have a question for you I want to know if you know this I was wondering the other day what is the biological survival reason that we feel that sexual energy so fucking young there's no reason for us to feel sexual energy at the age of four or five because it doesn't there's no reproductive value there if that makes sense yeah no i i understand what you're saying i do think actually from what i know i do think that women seem to feel it a little bit younger sometimes not necessarily but i definitely feel like when i talk to guys they they don't seem like they were masturbating as young sometimes um they're you know i think pleasure just feels pleasurable and i think our bodies are just kind of like designed for certain types of pleasure there are a lot of people who are not don't have any interest in sexual in sex until they hit puberty And then there are some people that do seem to have more interest in that because it still feels good in our bodies. I mean, like, why do men have nipples? Like, maybe it's just because, like, that's part of the architecture of humans. And, you know, you know, I don't have a really great answer, but I think that it just has to do with, like, it just, it feels good. Our bodies are prepared for it to feel good later so it just feels good earlier yeah I want to talk about the company culture at Dame so we had we had the founder of Dipsy on do you know about Dipsy yeah 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 I know I know Gina yeah she was incredible and one of the most fascinating I think conversations we had was like how do you guys as a company you know promote these types of very open conversations but also understand that you know there are boundaries and it can be a little taboo and um the whole company is based on a taboo topic so how do meetings go how do you know obviously you have to hire people that are very very comfortable talking about these you know topics so talk to me about about the culture and how you guys establish a boundary too yeah definitely um I would say less than it's the taboo because even if the taboo goes away like, it's kind of like pooping. Like, you know, it's just something you most people like to do behind closed doors. You, you can talk about it all you want, but, like, like I mean, I think exhibitionism is great. Like, if that's your kink, go for it. I totally get it. I see you. Like, literally, like, I'm watching you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think that there's still, like, just intimacy, which can be privacy for people. So, one, one of our core tenants at Dame is that we are champions of pleasure, I really believe that we're not only selling products and tools for pleasure, but it's important that we create a space that champions pleasure too. So I want work to be a pleasurable environment. Um, so that is one way where like caring about pleasure impacts our company culture. Um, and then as far as like more clearly to answer your question around boundaries, we uh, let people know that they should never feel, un- if you're feeling like 
beyond just like discomfort can be okay, right? Like it's a glowing edge, but you should never feel like you need to talk about something that feels intimate and private to you, no matter what. Um, but hopefully you can feel comfortable. Somebody else is talking a little bit like, oh, I tried this toy and it like worked or it didn't work and here's why. I think it's also important whenever having these conversations to arouse each other, to make each other feel uncomfortable. Um, we're often just talking about tools and our experiences for the purpose of making better tools. Um, and I would say that, you know, those are, those are our boundaries. Like we talked a lot about like, you know, we could just not share our personal experiences. Like maybe we just say this product, this, but it's so hard because you're like, oh, well, oh, actually I was using the toy and I held it this way. And like, honestly, most of the conversations just really aren't arousing, you know, it is like so logistical. Um, and yeah, I, so those are kind of how we set up our boundaries and yeah. we just want people to know that they should feel comfortable and if they don't have to talk about something they don't want to talk about. And we do have a range of people who feel differently about it. We're not all like, we definitely have people who haven't told their moms where they work and we have people who have told their moms where they work and there's a range in there. Right. Talk to us about the branding. Um, as I mentioned, um, the branding is elite and beautiful and just chic as fuck. I um, love the way that you play with blue and pink. Very, I'm yes. assuming, intentional, but it's it's almost as if it's a very dainty, feminine product, but then implemented into the experience of getting to the product, you feel these bold blues, these bold graphics. And, and I think that's such a nice play on the entire sensual experience. Yeah, I would say in general, I really try and avoid pink in a lot of ways. Like, just so loaded. But on the flip side, people love pink. We love pink. And pink is actually a real human color. Like, you know, blood flow. Like, you get flushed with a more pinkish tone. Um, so we really wanted the brand to feel human. We wanted the brand to feel bold. And we want the brand to feel gender inclusive like I, I don't feel not necessarily gender new oh my god I'm getting so weird but like not gender neutral like to me gender neutral is like that category in like the baby aisle where everything's like gray right. and like those colors <laughs> yeah. like I want all of the baby stuff so we want blue we want pink we want the neutral tone you know we kind of want to just incorporate all of it so all genders are included not just like non-binary or like this thing in between um yeah, that was really intentional. Like the blue feels strong and bold and kind of like womanly, I think in some ways and powerful and, but also kind of masculine too. And yeah, we love that color. And it does really balance out kind of like this desire for, you know, pink products. Like at the end of the day, if I, if I put three colors in front of you and one of them is pink, there's a good chance you're going to want to buy the pink one. Yeah, I used to have such a volatile relationship with pink because I felt that it represented something, a sort of box that women had to be put into. But my relationship mm -hmm. with it has grown so much over the last eight years to completely almost like de-weaponizing pink and making it really powerful, making it really powerful and empowering for women to use pink and kind of claim it, you know, along with an other array um, of colors. But I have personally really adopted and welcomed pink into my, I guess, Rolodex of colors. Not that I wear it, but just with products. So you've created, uh, that was really, I'm really sorry for that ramble. You've that was created, a good ramble. Oh, that, that was good. Great ramble. I think a lot, like you just really kind of incorporate, I think there's, there, there's a common narrative for so many people. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to be put in the box. You push the box away and you realize, oh, am I being misogynistic almost? Yes. Like, am I like, have I internalized self-hatred of pink because of like, and then you kind of want to reincorporate it. Like, I think that people feel that way so much regardless of gender of kind of like this. I don't know. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, yeah it was very I, philosophical. I agree. So yeah. you've created a beautiful product. It, it really is impeccable from the branding to the opening to the usage of it, to the way it feels, to the different levels of vibration. 
we are going to master the couple with it and report back in our intro to let you know how we did with the coupling of the Eva. But seriously, bravo. This is a really, really beautiful product with an incredible mission. And we're so happy that we got to explore all of Dame with you. And before we let our wonderful guests go off the podcast and into their daily life, we like to ask them if you could brag about one thing in your life and don't be humble, what would you brag about? <laughs> I love this is the best part. The like pause and the face. <laughs> oh my God. Um I, I want to tell you it's because I have so much to brag about and I'm like, but really like, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Um, I am like a pretty good dancer. Yes. I'm like a really good dancer. Yes. I love um, that. I, my first job ever was a bat mitzvah dancer. Like I was like, one of those type girls. get the fuck out of here. Oh, I swear fuck. it was like the best jobs ever. So I'll go with that. I guess. Um, a lot of people are really good dancers, but dancing is amazing. Yeah. I can spin fire so I can like dance with fire. Oh, oh. That's more unique. You're, right? so you're like a burning man. <laughs> yeah, I could do like some circusy stuff. Are you in Burning Man doing that? What do you mean in Burning Man? I've been Man? to Burning Man and I Burning did Man is Burning a place. Yeah, I mean, I went to Burning Man once and I did engage in spitting fire <laughs> at Burning I'm Man. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I went. I can't um, dancer. This is the best ever. <laughs> I have always just been so intrigued with those those human beings. Like it's just great. I'm trying to explain to people who are like outside the culture. I'm like, I was sort of a stripper for 13 years. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the exact title. Looking for strippers for 13 year olds. So t- it was like mm, sort of you know what you learn and they teach you when you become a bat mitzvah dancer, or I was taught was also like how to like lie to get out of dancing with people if you're starting to feel uncomfortable like if there's a death or you're like oh you know i have to go back to the i'm being called to the dj booth like they give you specific instructions on how to you went to bat mitzvah dancer school yes i went to bat mitzvah dancing school (laughs) i never thought about it like that but i like i i did yeah they teach you this is the best way to end this podcast this is such a fully full rounded out podcast okay let everybody know where they can find you and dame and all of the things yeah so you can find all of our products at dameproducts.com we're on all the social medias at dame products and yeah we hope you find pleasure in our products oh i love it and you can find us at okasis podcast sisters we love you love you Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.